Welcome, everybody. We're glad you chose to worship with us today. We're going to start out with our call to worship. We're going to lift the Lord up in praise. We'd like to uh, extend a warm greeting to all our fathers out there on Father's Day. Um, today's a very special day for fathers, but it's also a special day because we get to worship our Heavenly Father, and uh, that's, that's a great gift. The Bible tells us that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Amen? So I'm hoping that we worship him in spirit and in truth today, and that we uh, make this all about God and uh, his son Jesus, and that's, that's why we're here, to su- celebrate him. Um, join us as we sing, Now's the Time to Worship. Before we get started, though, I want you to say a special prayer for my uncle who lost his job at the Orange Juice Working Factory. Apparently, he couldn't concentrate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's stand and worship together, and we'll uh, give God our, our best effort at praising him and lifting him up. Remember, we have that promise that if we lift him up, he'll draw us onto him. And if we stand on that promise, let God work in your life. And I know sometimes that... Uh, it's hard to worship because we're tired and there's so many things going on. But those are the times when we really need to lift Jesus higher because he promised us that he'll lift us in turn. So let's lift him up together in praise. Come, now's the time to worship. you are God. One day every knee will bow. 
But still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are. To worship, come just as you are before your God. Come. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just pray, Father, that you would anoint this service, Lord God, that you would freely send your spirit, that we might be changed, Lord. And we just pray that you'd bless Brian as he brings forth the word. And just pray that you'd prepare our hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to take a few minutes just to walk around and greet one another in the Lord. So uh, feel free to greet your brothers and sisters in Christ and tell them how much you appreciate them. He came down to my level When I couldn't get up to his With a strong arm He lifted me up And he showed me what living is He'll come down to your level If you'll open up the door He wants to make your life worth living That's what he came down for if you're looking for contentment in the things that you can see, you're going to have some disappointments. Won't you listen to me, please? Because you know about a Savior, He came down to be a man. When He left, He sent His Spirit, He made me everything I am. He came down to my level. When I couldn't get up to his get up to the strong arm, he lifted me up and he showed me what living is. He'll come down to your level if you'll open up the door. He wants to make your life worth living. It's what he came down for. Sometimes I make decisions that later I regret. But the Lord keeps on assuring me He's not finished with me yet I don't worry about tomorrow I don't worry about yesterday I don't worry about this crazy world Cause I found a better way He came down to my level When I couldn't get up to his Get up to a strong arm He lifted me up and you show me what living is You'll come down to your level If you'll open up the door He wants to make your life worth living Is what He came down for He came down to my level When I couldn't get up to Just get up to a strong He lifted me up And He showed me what living is He'll come down to your level 
And if you'll open up the door He wants to make your life worth living Is what he came down for Welcome, y'all. Um, y'all lift up a special prayer for uh, Frank and Sherry. Am I good? <laughs> I, does this mic work better? Is it better now? Y'all want to hear me? That's, that's, there's an issue there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We'll pray for Brother Frank and Sherry. Uh, it's their 30th anniversary. Um, so that's, that's where they are today, and y'all are stuck with me. <laughs> praise God, praise God. God is good all the time. Um, announcements. Next week, I believe it's next week, right? It's the Youth Missions Week. Tomorrow. Yeah, this coming up week. Yeah, that's what I meant. But uh, So be in prayer for them that God will work through that and bless them and that they will bless others in those activities. Um, then the next thing coming up, uh, long distance, is the uh, uh, youth camp. That'll be July the 11th through the 15th at Alto Frio. Uh, I believe they're doing master's camp this year. Am I right? Master's camp. Then uh, RA and GA camp will be July the 25th through the 29th at Alto Frio. If you've got a girl that would be interested in going or know of a girl, uh, you would need to talk to Julie. If you got a boy for RA camp, and it's not a, necessary that they be a member of any RA group or anything, uh, have, uh, have them talk to Carla. She's doing the RA camp stuff because I'll mess it up if I try. Uh, then... Um, the churchwide campout is uh, August the 5th through the 7th uh, at Palmetto State Park in, uh, near Luling. Uh, and that will be a lot of fun. Y'all pray about coming to, to uh, see that. And then later on in September is the ladies' retreat, uh, September the 30th through October the 2nd. Uh, $200 total cost. And there's a $100 deposit due by July the 3rd. And I don't know where that's going to be. Does anybody know? Yeah. Oh, it's in San Antonio. Okay, so it's here, sort of. And then as far as for today, uh, there's no uh, no service tonight. The rest of the weekly services, uh, the Tuesday Ladies Bible Study Group, uh, Wednesday Men's Prayer Group, uh, Thursday Fellowship Dinner, they're all in the bulletin here. Uh, they're all taking place as normal, but there will be no church tonight because of it's Father's Day. <laughs> so that will be that. Will be that. Uh, today we have uh, Bob Braden is going to bring us uh, our scripture reading. So if you'd come on down, Bob, I'll pray with you. Thank you, brother. 
Father God, I just pray for my, I lift my brother up to you, God. I pray that you bless the reading of the word, bless him during it, God, and bless us through it, Father. I praise you for his uh, obedience to honor you and to serve you, God. Uh, just bless him as, as he brings us your word. I pray these things in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. So if y'all want to be turning, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12 today. Um, I had an idea of what I was going to do for the scripture reading today, and it had multiple pieces of it, but it was kind of fragmented, and I didn't know how I was going to piece it all together. And as I was looking for the verse for it, something more fitting came up. So it changed within the past 40 minutes, so... Um, like I said, we'll be in Hebrews 12 today, and one of the things that brought this up is, as I was thinking about things that are going on in the world right now, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just debating on what people are thinking and why people think the way they do, and one of the things I, that came to mind was, you know, with Father's Day coming up and everything, and now it being today, one of the things I've noticed is that regardless of whether you have a good father or a bad father, you still look up to him. If the father figure normally will correct his child, whether it be in a good way or a bad way, he still tries to correct them. He still tries to teach them what he believes they need to know, whether that's good teachings or bad teachings varies from father to father, but either way, the father still tries to correct their son and teach them the ways that they're supposed to go. So, fittingly, this uh, background I picked out before this verse even came to mind, and it says, a father is someone you look up to no matter how tall you grow. So, we are always looking to our fathers, and we may know it, we may not, but in one way or another, we are. And even Kelly pointed out to me one day, last week I think it was, a way that me and my dad are exactly the same. And I was like, that's really cool. I didn't think about that, but I like it. So Hebrews 12. Let's look and see what Hebrews 12 says about our fathers. So we're going to be starting in verse 3. And this is a little bit of a longer read than I normally do, but check this out. For consider him who endured such hostility for sinners from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten the extortion that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly, or faint when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He punishes every son whom he receives. Endure it as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate ch children and not sons. Furthermore, we have had natural fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and life and live? For the discipline... Uh, for they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them. But he, does not, but he does it for our benefit, so that 
we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the fruits of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees, and make straight the paths of your feet, so that the lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. So, if you just take a minute and consider what that's saying, I think it pretty much speaks for itself. So, let's pray real quick. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for our fathers on earth. We thank you for those that we look to as father figures that have been good examples for us and have taught us the right from wrong and taught us how to carry ourselves in our daily lives. And more so, Lord, we ask you to, to help us look to you, to keep our eyes on you and to help focus on you. You being our, earth, our godly father, you are the one that teaches us everything we need to know in life. And we just ask you to show us what we need to know right now. In Jesus' name, amen. that uh, to some people the hymns mean a lot Um, and I hope that you'll listen to the words and that the words will speak to you and you don't get too caught up on the um, the beat or whether or not it's your style because we all can um, learn from God's word and God's word in song we still have that promise that his word will not return to him void so if the scripture is actually if the song is actually about God and uh, has scripture within it then we know that that is an awesome song. And this song is a great song. We're going to sing Heaven's Jubilee together. So if you guys would like, you can stand. If you're more comfortable staying seated, you can do that. But let's lift them up and praise together. Some glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air Coming after you and me, joy is ours to share What rejoice in there will be when the saints shall rise Headed for that jubilee yonder in the skies. Oh, what singing. singing. Oh, what shouting. shouting. On that happy morning when we all so gladly rise. Oh, what glory. glory. Hallelujah. Glory. When we meet our blessed Savior in the skies. It seems that now I almost see all the sainted dead. Rising for that to believe that is just ahead In the twinkling of an eye, change with them to be All the living saints apply to that to believe Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting, shouting. On that happy morning when we all so gladly rise Oh, what glory, hallelujah When we meet our blessed Savior in the skies when with all the heavenly hosts we begin to sing Singing in the Holy Ghost how the hymns will ring Millions there will join the song, with them we shall be Praising Christ through ages long, heaven's jubilee Oh, what singing, oh, what shouting, shouting. On that happy morning when we all so gladly rise Oh, what glory, hallelujah when we meet our blessed Savior in the skies, oh, what singing, singing. oh, what shouting. 
bless the Lord.
such a tiny offering compared to Calvary. Nevertheless, we lay this at your feet. All that is within me cries for you alone be glorified. with us my heart sings a brand new song the dead is paid these chains are gone Emmanuel God with us praise God In a secret, in a quiet place, in a stillness you are there. In a secret, in a quiet hour, I wait only for you, because I want to know you.
that you've shown us and we just pray that you'll um, visit us again through your word Lord God and uh, we look forward to hearing from you just pray that you'd bless each family here and help them to uh, just take your word and hide it in their hearts that they might not sin against you just like you said in your word Lord God in Jesus name we pray Amen
set up, what better way to um, celebrate Father's Day than to make your earthly father proud, but even more is to share in what our Heavenly Father has uh, given us in word. Uh, I have a few scriptures here. It says that in Titus 3, 5, he saved us not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by washing of the regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so that we too might walk in newness of life. And we find that in Romans 6. So today... Our young people here want to share with you a little drama, a little dance, and hope that it makes your heart feel good. But in that feeling good, we want a reaction from you, and it's not a hand clap. What better way, as Bob was talking about, that we follow our fathers, let's follow our Heavenly Father.
And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am these words. Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Revelations 21, 4 through 5. Corresponding that baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, 
but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21. We hope that um, you've enjoyed the, the message and to remember that we have Vacation Bible School. That's where a lot of people make the commitment to be saved. But there's something more that um, Jesus asks us to do, and that's to follow his example. Remember that Jesus himself was baptized. He went to John the Baptist and asked to be baptized. And that's our public proclamation. And then we have something more to do, and that is what? Go out and spread the word. And so hopefully... By this example in the song, you will have a remembrance of an exciting baptism and go out and tell the world. Uh, three of those kids were my grandkids. So, so if, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. God is good. I especially like that last uh, scripture that they read. Uh, we do this baptism to be obedient to our Father, to our Heavenly Father. Uh, he said to do it. Uh, actually, it's like, like uh, Emily said. It's not really the baptism, the washing that saves us. It's the fire baptism that takes place in our heart through the Holy Spirit that does the saving. We really didn't. We They played with water up here today. We really didn't want them to play with fire, so we did this instead. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, too, Bob, for that scripture reading. That that went right along with what I'm, what I'm talking about today. Uh, but, you know, before I get started... Uh, I'd like all the fathers in here, stepdads count also, uh, all the fathers to stand and just be recognized. This is really cool because my son Danny gets to stand today. Praise God. Good job, guys. <laughs> good job. We all try to be a good earthly father, those of us that get blessed to uh, be a father uh, we we try our best to uh, be a good earthly father. Is this thing okay, Bob? Okay, good, good. Um, we don't all still have earthly fathers. I do. I'm blessed to have both of my parents still. So I do have a earthly father here. I talked to him on the phone yesterday. Um, my earthly father is was a good example for me growing up. I didn't do as good a job, I don't believe, as he did, even though my kids turned out awesome by the grace of God. Um, I had a, I got to enjoy a very godly earthly father. I've got good friends that either don't have an earthly father, and some of them growing up, their earthly father was not uh, 
really godly uh, like mine, but we do all have a heavenly father. And when we come to this uh, heavenly father, uh, he will lead us to salvation. What we what was represented here, he will lead us to salvation. Um, and he'll also be a perfect example uh, for us to be a father. And he'll give us perfect guidance in being a father or a parent. Uh, he'll, he'll give us that leadership. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, starting off in verse 1, says, Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and uh, that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You know, I could stop right there uh, because that's really, really good words to remember. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. That's good instructions. Uh, that's, what, that's what God wants us to do, but I'm not actually going to stop there because I don't get to preach very often. So, so I want to tell you all a story out of the Old Testament about a uh, kind of a freelance businessman slash prophet. Um, I'm going to use this as an example of... Uh, sincerity to uh, our heavenly father because this sincerity is important to our earthly father and our heavenly father uh, we want to shoot straight with him and and uh i'm using a uh, i'm using an example first let's talk about joseph a little bit joseph is a good example we could use joseph for an example uh his um his dedication to the to the heavenly father um you know, he went through a lot. When he was a kid, he uh, he got thrown into a well by his brothers and sold off into slavery. And, uh, you know, that's severe bullying, but he didn't let it uh, get him down like a lot of us try to do today. You know, oh, Johnny looked at me wrong on the school bus, so I've been bullied. No, he, uh, he stood up and went to God with everything. He went to the Heavenly Father. He let the Heavenly Father guide him and comfort him, and he went through a whole lot. Uh, he wound up, you know, sold into slavery, but wound up continually rising to the top. And, uh, and uh, um, But he stayed with the Father the whole time. He was, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. Now, this other example that we're going to speak about today kind of goes through uh, someone trying to lead them astray. Joseph didn't even, well, from what we have in the scripture, he didn't pray about that. He didn't say, uh, you know, when she tried to seduce him, she, he didn't say, uh, let me get on my knees and pray about this. He, another pastor says, he, he said, get your hand off of my knee, and he ran. He took off. He knew the Father's will because he was in tune to the Father because he prayed and he seeked out uh, God's guidance in, in everything that he did. Um, today I want to read a little bit. Uh, this story is about Balaam. 
And Balaam isn't talked about much. We don't bring him up very much in church because really he wasn't a very good example to follow. Um, you know, and, and, and that shows how many kids do you know named Joseph? Know anybody named Balaam? <laughs> there probably are some, but uh, um, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 22 if you want to turn there. Uh, we'll we'll jump around a little bit, but mostly in Numbers 22. And to set this up, we have uh, God's servant Moses leading God's people Israel in the wilderness. Uh, this is during that time. Um, it was a large amount of people. A lot of people think, oh, it was just a small crowd. No. Uh, if you turn to Exodus chapter 12, look in verse 37, or start there, it says, The Israelites traveled from Ramses to Succoth. About 600,000 soldiers on foot, besides their families, uh, and an ethnically diverse crowd also went up with them, along with a huge number of livestock, both flocks and herds. So they had uh, Israelites, they had non-Israelites, and they had uh, um, herds of livestock, and they had flocks. So they had chicken on their trip, probably. Um, but it was a, the main thing is it was a bunch of people. It was a large crowd. Um, so, uh, and that's what's going on. Um, we're going to start off here in, chapter, in verse 1 of chapter 22 of Numbers. The Israelites traveled on and camped in the plains of Moab near the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Balak, son of Zippor, uh, saw that all that... Israel had done to the Amorites. Okay, that could be confusing. So let's go back to uh, to uh, chapter 21 and verse 21 and see what Israel did to the Amorites. Okay, now this is Moab, the king of Moab, uh, talking about uh, this part. Now what we read in verse 21, chapter 21 says, Israel sent messengers to say to Sihon, king of the Amorites, let us travel through your land. They just want to go through. They just want to pass through. We won't go into the fields or vineyards. We won't drink any well water. We will travel the king's highway until we have traveled through your territory. But uh, Sihon would not let Israel travel through his territory. Instead, he gathered his whole army and went out to confront Israel uh, in the wilderness. 600 soldiers, right? And they're God's people, um, plus their families. Uh, when he came to Jahaz, he fought against Israel. Israel struck him with the sword and took possession of his land. They just wanted to pass through, right? <laughs> but no, <laughs> they wouldn't let him. Took possession of his land from the Arnon to uh, the Jabbok but only up to the Amorite border because it was fortified. Israel took all the cities and lived in all these Amorite cities, including Heshbon and all its villages. Heshbon was the city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab. Okay, you remember this Balak is the Moabite king, uh, and taken control of all of his land as far as Arnon. So... These uh, Moabites have got to be really nervous because uh, Israel took land 
from the people that took land from them. So these people had come in and wiped them out and took their land. Now Israel's here camped real close to them, and they don't like it very much, right? Uh, Moab was scared. The, the Moabites were scared. Um, well, it says that right here, verse 3, back in chapter 22. Moab was terrified of the people because they were numerous, and Moab dreaded the Israelites. So the Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde will devour everything around us like an ox eats up the green plants in the field. You know, an ox doesn't eat uh, as gently as maybe a sheep or a goat. A sheep or a goat, they're good lawnmowers. They clip the grass off and uh, make it nice and pretty and level. An ox, uh, he rips it up by the roots and eats it. So they're afraid that that's what, uh, that's what Israel is going to do to them because they just did it to their enemy that had, had taken land from them earlier. Um, since uh, Balak, son of Zippor, was Moab's king at the time, he sent messengers to Balaam, uh, the son of Beor at Pethor, uh, which is by the Euphrates in the land of his people. Balak said to him, Look, a people has come out of Egypt. They, have, they, they cover the surface of the land and are living right across from me and completely ruining my neighborhood. Now, it doesn't really say that about the neighborhood. Um, but they've moved in right across from him. Please come and put a curse on these people for me because they are more powerful than I, uh, and I may be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that those you bless are blessed and those that you curse are cursed. Okay, uh, this Balaam guy is the, is the freelance businessman slash prophet that we're talking about today. Uh, he um, he was a prophet, actually. Uh, some people don't consider him a prophet, but he did prophesy God's word. Um, and he actually wasn't even a false prophet by his words, because he did tell he did tell what God told him to. He just didn't always do what God told him to. His actions and actions do speak louder than words. His actions showed his true heart. Um, and that's, that's important with our fathers, um, however you boil it down. Uh, he had a reputation of speaking curses and blessings uh, that tended to happen. He was not Jewish also. He was not a Jew. Um, verse 7, The elders of Moab and Midian departed with uh, fees for divination in hand. They came to Balaam, and reported Balak's word to him, words to him. They told him what we just read. He said to them, Spend the night here, and I will give you the answer the Lord tells me. So the officials of Moab stayed with Balaam. Um, kind of sounds okay on the surface, but, you know, what if God tells him what he doesn't want to hear, which I think is going to happen? Um, Balaam should have known. Balaam should have done like Joseph, right, without asking. Uh, he should have known. His response should have been, are you guys nuts? This is God's people. God has blessed them. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to put a curse on them. Are you crazy? Did you see what they did to the Amorites? 
you know? No, no. God, God has their favor. You need to tolerate these guys. Uh, just tolerate them. They'll go away in due time. But that isn't what he told them. He told them, y'all stay here, and I'm going to go to the Lord tonight, and he will speak to me, which he did, and, uh, and I'll give you the answer in the morning. Uh, you see, deep down, I think he really wanted to because... They offered him stuff, right? We can let stuff get in our way pretty easy and lead us, lead us away from uh, God's perfect will. Uh, verse 9, Then God came to Balaam and asked, Who are these men with you? So God's asking Balaam, Who are these men with him? Balaam replied to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent this message to me. Who are these people Balak sent this message. Is he answering God's question? No. <laughs> he didn't say who they were. He could have said these are messengers of uh, the Moabite king. Uh, but he said, he sent this message to me. Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the surface of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Uh, I may be able to fight against them and drive them away. So uh, he didn't really answer it. He just said, told God what he wanted. Um, and I think God knows what's coming here. So God said to Balaam, um, you are not to go with them. You are not to curse this people, for they are blessed. These were his people. Of course, they were blessed by God. Uh, clear answer. Uh, God gave him a clear answer to a not question. Um, good instructions. God didn't even say, hey, Balaam, that was a stupid thing you want to do. He didn't say that. What a perfect example for a father. What a perfect example. Um, he says, no, you're not to go with them. And gave a reason. You ever get an answer that didn't have a reason? Because I said so. Man, I always loved getting a reason. I want to know why. And God told him why. They're blessed. Simple why. They're blessed by me. Um, so Balaam got up the next morning and said to Balak's officials, Go back to your land because the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Refused to let me go with you. Um, the officials of Moses of Moab, Moses, the officials of Moab, Moab was an area. Moab was also a person, but that's what the area was named after. The officials of Moab arose, returned to Balak, and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. And you notice how the story changed here? What God said was, um, you're not to go with them. You're not to curse this people, for they are blessed. Balak said, the Lord refused to let me go. Um, and then the officials that returned to Balak said, Balaam refused to come with us. So the story kind of changes um, Mood, at, le at the very least. Um, if it hadn't, they would have told the king, we can't curse these people because they're blessed by God. Um, Balak didn't like the answer that he got there. So he sends officials, uh, this is uh, verse 15. Uh, Balak sent, uh, sent officials again, who were more numerous and higher in rank than the others. They came to Balaam and said to him, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. 
Let nothing keep you from coming to me. For I will greatly honor you and do whatever you ask me. So please come put a curse on these people for me. Now, Balak's a, I mean, Balaam's a businessman here. And he just said, let nothing keep you from coming to me. Uh, nothing would include God, wouldn't it? Let nothing keep you. Whatever you ask, I'll give you. Someone who tends to be tempted by stuff would really be tempted by that uh, proposition, wouldn't they? We ever get tempted by stuff? Yes, I do. You know, I'm, I'm not really reading this to, uh, to knock Balaam. I'm, I'm comparing. I think we can all identify with his, some of his courses of action and thought. I know I, I, I certainly can myself Um, verse 18 but Balaam responded to the servants of Balak if Balak were to give me his house full of silver I could not go against the command of the Lord my God and do anything small or great sounds good doesn't it next sentence please stay here overnight as the others did so I might find out what else the Lord has to tell me what else is the what God already told <laughs> told him his will there. So what else does he have? Have you ever not quit talking when you really should? <laughs> I have that problem. <laughs> I have that problem. You know, oh, did I say that out loud? You know. Uh, he should have said, "Sorry, go home now." <laughs> I can't do it. Remember? I gave you an answer. Think of it from the Father's perspective, from God. First part here. If Balak were to give me his house full full of silver and gold, I could not go against the command of the Lord my God and do anything great or small. God's saying, that's my guy. But please stay here overnight so I can hear what else he has to tell me. Had to be disappointing. Had to be disappointing. Ever disappointed someone that way? I know I have. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, Since these men, this part can be a little bit confusing too. Since these men have come to summon you, get up and go with them. But you must only do what I tell you. So when he got up in the morning, uh, Balaam saddled his donkey and went with the officials of Moab. You notice God didn't ask him who are the second time. He didn't ask him who are these men with you. Um, But go ahead and go only say what I have to say. Have you ever told a kid when their mind is made up, fathers, do what you're going to do. You know you can't change it, right? Do what you're going to do. Sometimes experience, uh, you learn why. To a hands-on guy, especially a boy, you got to learn why. You can't just learn that. You got to learn why. Apparently, uh, Balaam needed to know why he couldn't curse Israel. Um, chapter uh, verse twenty-two. God was incensed, incensed that Balaam was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the path to oppose him. God was irritated that he was doing going ahead and doing something foolish. Uh, So God's going to stop him. 
God sends his angel uh, to take his stand in the path to oppose him. God is just. Uh, just doesn't always, God sometimes doesn't seem fair to us when we really look at it. But his ways are higher than our ways. And he knows our hearts. So his way is perfect, whether it seems fair to us or not. But uh, God took his stand in the path to oppose him. Ever been glad you were stopped from doing something stupid? (laughs) I've been stopped more than once. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Balaam was riding his donkey. This is uh, back to Numbers. Balaam was riding his donkey and his two servants were with him. Uh, Verse 23. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing on the path with drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the path and went into the field. So Balaam hit her to return her to the path. Just hit a girl donkey. Can you believe it? What a man. (laughs) You notice this donkey saw the angel. Balaam didn't see the angel. Which one was tuned in better? (laughs) The donkey saw the... This is a true story. It's in the Bible. Uh, Verse 24. The angel of the Lord stood uh, in in a narrow passage between the vineyards with a stone wall on either side. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord and pressed herself against the walls, squeezing Balaam's foot. So uh, that would have really irritated Balaam, no doubt. Uh, So he hit her once again. And the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she crouched down under Balaam. So he became furious and beat the donkey with his stick. Now this is where we get the tradition of our piñata. Not really. Not really. Now you know the rest of the story. No. Not true. But he beat the donkey at this time because she just stopped. She saw the angel, so there was no way around the angel. Angel has a sword drawn, right? Donkey is smart, so the donkey stops and just crouches down, even though she got beat for it. Uh, Verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. You know, well, I'll go on. Uh, Opened the donkey's mouth, and she asked Balaam, What have I done to you that you have beat me these three times? Now, y'all caught that, right? The donkey is talking. This is a true story. It's in the Bible. Um, Now, if Balaam is really a businessman at this point, he's got to be asking himself, Okay, I can get these riches if I curse Israel, which is not God's will. But how much money could I make with a talking donkey? You know, (laughs) it is a thought because uh, he's got one here. Balaam answered the donkey, you made me look like a fool. Okay, if you're answering a donkey, did the donkey make you look like the fool? No. (laughs) If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you now. Um. But the donkey said, am I not the donkey you've ridden all your life until today? You know, they didn't have cars. They couldn't go out and get in their uh, 
nice air-conditioned car. This was his transportation. Ever talk to your car? Never mind. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> Have I ever treated you this way before? This had been a faithful donkey, apparently. Um, faithful to Balaam. Now, how faithful was Balaam to his heavenly father? Uh, no, he replied. She, had, she hadn't ever treated him like that before. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. You know, you'd think you'd be really, really happy when you see what's going on. God had to open Balaam's eyes, didn't have to op- open the donkey's eyes, had to open the donkey's mouth to let the donkey speak. But, but the donkey just saw the angel. It makes me wonder sometimes, you know, I don't know if the donkey was specifically blessed there or what, but it just, and this isn't really on the subject, but it makes me wonder sometimes when an animal acts in a way that looks like it's scared of something that you don't see, I sometimes wonder if there isn't something there that that animal sees. I think sometimes when a dog is barking at nothing, that might not necessarily be the case. But, um, and that's just a side note, and it's just something I think about. Um, but anyways, uh, Balaam's eyes had to be opened, and they were open here. He saw the angel standing in the path with a sword drawn in his hand. Busted. <laughs> Balaam knew and bowed with his face to the ground. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Look, I came out to oppose you. Uh, Just wanted to stop him from doing something wrong. You know, God knew the heart. God knew what Balaam really wanted to do. Um, We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Because uh, what you are doing is evil in my sight. What he was doing was evil in God's sight. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away from me, I would have killed you by now and let her live. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the path to confront me. Does does it matter what reason the donkey had to stop, you know? Is it God's fault? You know... I don't, I don't really know how to take that. I have sinned for I didn't know that you were standing in the path to confront me. You know, is he blaming it on God? It's your fault. You were standing there. No, I, I, I just don't know. Um, but at any rate, he was standing there to confront Balaam. Balaam was caught. But he goes on and says, And now, if it is evil in your sight, I will go back. And God had said it was evil in his sight, right? So time for him to go back. How long do you think he went back for? Not too long. Not very long. The story of Balaam continues. He does pretty good for a while, but he never really gets the material stuff that Balak offered him out of his mind. Balaam speaks three prophecies. I'm fast-forwarding so we can beat the Methodists to lubies. Uh, He speaks three prophecies of blessings on Israel, which really ticked off King Balak. Um, Who told the prophet to go back home? Balak tells him to go back home without the reward. But before he left, uh, Balaam reminded the king 
that he had said from the very beginning that he could only say what God told him to say. Then he gave the king four more prophecies free of charge. Actually, the fourth prophecy, uh, uh, Balaam foretold of the Messiah. He said, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel, he will crush the foreheads of Moab. That should make the king kind of nervous, you know. The skulls of the people of Cheth. Uh, Balaam's seven prophecies were seven blessings on God's people. It was God's enemies who were actually cursed. Um, later on, though, you remember Balaam couldn't really get this material gain out of his mind, and he figured out a way to trick, uh, or a trick to get his reward from Balak, because he really wanted that reward. Balaam advised the Moabites on how to entice tempt the people of Israel with prostitutes and idolatry. Uh, he couldn't curse them directly, so he came up with a plan to have Israel bring a curse on themselves. That's what Balaam did. We pretty much know where his heart really was, right? Even though he would listen and speak, the actions just weren't there. It was pretty, the actions are important. Uh, it worked. They did bring a curse on themselves. Uh, God plagued them, and 24,000 men died. And you can read that story in Numbers uh, 25, 1 through 9. Actually, after Numbers 22, you can just keep reading, and it'll tell you most of the rest of the story. Also, Deuteronomy 23, 3 through 6. Balaam's own death is recorded in Joshua 13. He died by the sword. Uh, he had wound up on the wrong side of a battle against Israel and uh, a battle that he had actually prophesied in one of his prophecies. So he wound up on the wrong side of Israel and it took his life. He's referred to several times in the New Testament. Uh, Peter compares false teachers to Balaam who loved the, ways, the wages of wickedness, Second Peter 2.15. Uh, Jude associates Balaam with the selling of one's soul for financial gain. That's in Jude 1.11. Uh, finally, Jesus speaks of Balaam when he warns the church in Pergamum of their sin. Uh, that's in Revelations 2.14. says, uh, There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food uh, sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Um, and I'm, I'm not really saying this to not Balaam because though we might not have an evil purpose on our hand we, uh, or in our heart, we sometimes uh, fail to completely obey what God would have, what our heavenly father or our earthly father would have us do. Uh, because we have something on our own agenda. Uh, Satan's uh, tactics really haven't changed all that much. Uh, he knows how to get to us, and that's what he uses. One of his best tools that he has is to undermine the designed relationship between a, uh, the God-designed relationship between our uh, father and us either our heavenly father or our earthly father. Um, and it can happen to any of us if we let it happen. If you really think about it, uh, 
That's the trick that he used with Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? You know, no, that's not what, surely you won't die. Undermines the relationship. God had given them perfect instructions, but no. How do we listen to our fathers? You know, our, our earthly fathers can be wrong. Our heavenly father can't be wrong. Um, but God still put our earthly fathers here for us to listen to and to give us these instructions that hopefully they got from God. Um, uh-oh, I lost my place. Oh, we can go. <laughs> How's your relationship today with your father, either father? Could it be better? Your heavenly father is always calling you. He's always calling uh, he always wants to draw you nearer to him. He wants to give us those instructions. He wants to give us that guidance. Um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's what God says. Um, are your actions honoring him? Earthly fathers, could your relationship maybe be better with your kids? Um, we have a heavenly father that wants to help. Uh, bringing up children in a godly way really honors the Heavenly Father, and He'll help us. He'll give us the perfect guidance. He gives us instructions in His Holy Word. Um, children, young and old, are you honoring your fathers? Your actions and accomplishments can bring honor to your fathers, even if your father's no longer with us. What you become, what you represent, can honor them completely um, maybe you want to start a new stronger relationship with your heavenly father today God's word through his servant Paul teaches if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved nothing like really being saved by your father is it mm. maybe you want to pray at the altar today um, or maybe you want to pray right where you're at. Your father is always listening. Always listening. Always there. We're not always talking when we should. Um, Bob's going to lead us in a song of invitation. This altar will be open. I'll stand down front if you want to pray with me uh, about anything. And thank you all for listening. Funniest, we uh, sing this song together. It would have been great if Balaam would have heeded these words um, that we're going to sing together. But uh, bless the Lord. <laughs>